This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, I'm Audrey Tan for The Straits Times in The Straits Times podcast on youth climate action. Today, we will be discussing the upcoming school strikes for climate that will be taking place around the world on March 15. My guests are Kate Onchondo, a 17-year-old high school student and a coordinator for the San Diego School Strike for Climate, and Sarah Wanis from the activist group Citizens Climate Lobby, which is pushing for carbon pricing legislation. So before we begin, could you guys just give us a brief introduction about yourselves? Um, so, hi, I'm Kate, and I'm a student at Hilltop High School. I really got interested in the whole strike movement, but through social media, I was on Twitter when I first learned about the youth climate strike, and I tried to see if there was one near me, and if not, if I could organize one. So when I saw that there wasn't one in San Diego, I decided to organize it myself. And from there, I just basically got help from the state leads of California in organizing and hello, my name is Sarah Wanis. Uh, I got started with Citizens Climate Lobby when I was an undergraduate in college. Uh, groups of students and I would organize ourselves to come out to conferences and really got to see the impact of our words when we were in congressional offices and really got to see people's ears perk up in congressional offices when young people were there to speak about an issue that was so important and integral to their future. So that's how I got started with this. So thank you ladies for coming on our show. Maybe Kate, could you share with us more about your motivations for wanting to organize the San Diego climate strike? Yeah, so basically I've seen firsthand how marginalized communities like communities of color, low-income communities have been most affected by climate change and this has been confirmed through a lot of reports that came out recently. For example, the IPCC report and I think that the conversation has really grown, especially with the Green New Deal that has been proposed and how that really addresses the issue of marginalized communities or frontline communities that are disproportionately impacted by climate change. So that's the main thing that I've kind of um, focused on. You know, you really said it best. Um, I think that that's really what drove me to get involved in the climate movement as well. It's a really quintessential movement in our time and for our future, and it's really important the way it touches different communities and really important that we solve it now. And I'm really excited to be involved in this movement, especially at my age with so many other young people around me, specifically because with my work in Citizens Climate Lobby, I've got to see a lot of really inspirational, great young activists do a lot of things that none of us could have done without their help. Uh, I think one of the best stories that we have is a group of students, high school students from Traverse City, Michigan, who we had been trying for years to get their representative in Congress, Jack Bergman, to join the Climate Solutions Caucus. And years and years, we couldn't get a meeting with him and as soon as we had this group of high school students he took a face-to-face -face meeting with us and in that meeting committed to joining the climate solutions caucus which is something none of the adults in his community could have done and i think my other favorite story is we just recently added piper christian to our board at citizen climate education um, she is a really inspiring young activist who got the state of utah to commit to climate action how old is she she's 17. Wow. So would you guys be able to, I mean like you guys are sharing so many inspirational stories, but has this been the case all the time? Kate, would you be able to share how, you know, what the changing perception towards youth has been like? I think that the youth has kind of really always been a little bit underestimated by people higher up, but 
If you really look at it, it is the youth that leads all these movements, and especially with climate change, I feel like we should have the biggest say in how it goes down because we are going to be most impacted by it. And I think that, especially through social media, the youth has really been able to organize a lot better and get the attention of a lot of people. And I feel like that's what's really made the movement grow, especially with the climate strike. Even though it started like last year, it's been able to go this long and grow because everyone has kind of noticed what the youth is doing. Yeah, I think that's really true. I think that sometimes youth can be underestimated in this movement because maybe you're too young to vote or maybe you're in high school and you don't have a degree yet, but I don't think that that has any say on the, how much this planet is theirs in the future. And I think that it's we've really shown at Citizens Climate Lobby how much youth voices matter. Now, if you like our conversation-style podcast so far, do subscribe to The Straits Times Podcast on Apple's iTunes or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. So now back to our conversation with Kate and Sarah. Would you guys be able to share more about what do you think is the main call to action you guys have for governments? I think government has to really look beyond the temporary short-term issues and really look at the long-term and how everything that they're doing is going to impact for years and years to come, especially now that the debate is kind of over the economy and how it's going to impact that. But I think that climate change is such a big issue that really needs to be seen as what it is, which is like the most imminent issue that we have. So basically just confronting that head on with bold legislation. Yeah, and at Citizens Climate Lobby, we have that bold legislation. Um, we worked with scientists and economists to come up with what we found was really the best first step towards tackling climate change issues, which we believe is the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act, which was just recently introduced to Congress. It's a bipartisan bill, which would be a carbon fee and dividend style policy, where you put a price on carbon at the source, and that money is allocated equally to households. Well, um, in Singapore, we also just passed a new carbon tax and it will be implemented from this year. The revenue will actually be pulled back into a fund that will go to fund green energy initiatives for companies. So, well, it is a kind of carbon pricing legislature as well. So what do you guys think then is the role of the young person in fighting for climate change? Um, I think the first step is basically to get informed because I know that a lot of the youth doesn't really know much about climate change and that's kind of why they don't want to be as active in climate action. But I think that by going to meetings, for example, that talk about like climate action plans, like we have one here in Chula Vista, or even city council meetings, um, just kind of getting informed first off and then actually participating in places that your voice can be heard. For example, in the strike, this is one way that your voice can be heard, so that's a few ways. Yeah, and I would say just really hit the ground running. I often get emails um, from young people who are like, I'm in high school, what is there that even I can do for this organization? And the answer is always, you can do everything and more that any adult reaching out to me can. So I really think that it's important to just hit the ground running and know that there's no limit to the things that young people can do in this movement. Talk to your representatives, talk to your friends, talk to everyone about the issues that are important to you. Um, lastly, I have to point out like how you, a lot of people are promoting individual action, like not using disposable cups or bringing your own plastic bags. How effective do you think these measures are? I think that even though, I mean, it's important, I think that it's not going to be enough to um, address the crisis that we're in right now. So I think that if you can take matters into your own hands and do a little things here and there that will make you feel like you're contributing because you are, I think that it really takes a 
big scale to really address the crisis that we're in, which is why I think that government really needs to step in a little bit more and face it head on. Yeah, I can't agree enough. I think that it's really important that we use less plastic straws and that we take shorter showers, but at the end of the day, that's not going to solve the scale of the problem that we have. And what we really need is a systematic change of the way our economy works and the way we incentivize the use of carbon-intensive fuel sources, and we need to structure that before it's too late. So thank you, Sarah and Kate, for joining us on our show. That's a wrap on this Straits Times episode on climate action. Do subscribe to the Straits Times podcast on Apple's iTunes or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify and like us and give us a rating. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.